Hey there, uh, Cave Comedy Radio fans. Um, you're about to listen to, uh, sex and other human activities. Um, my name is Bunky Houseman, and, um, I wrote in and, uh, got some advice from Jackie Marcus, and at first I thought it was great, and then, um, I fucking lost everything. Um, so if you could, uh, just know that their advice is for entertainment purposes only. You know, I lost my family, I lost my house. And, um, I lost my career, uh, which was hard to do. I was a professional gambler. I thought that would be a thing that they could help me do, and they did. Um, so if you have any questions or advice you need, just make sure you email cavecomingradio at gmail.com, ask for Marcus or Jackie, and, um, or maybe just say hello to Henry from last podcast on the list, because he needs, he needs your, your attention. He needs your affection. Um, so thank you, and enjoy sex and other human activities. a therapist tell me that's like if you want to smoke weed and you're not like driving and you're not going to school high as long as like by all means yeah well let's talk about that man welcome to sex and other human activities i'm marcus parks i'm jackie zabrowski and i think i'm ready to return to weed i think it's fucking great man welcome back we (laughs) welcome you you with open arms (laughs) thank you very much i've been i have been smoking weed for about Let's see here. Three months now. Yeah, four so what, months. Yeah, why? Like why did you shirk? Stop being fun. I yeah. just got like extremely paranoid. I got very. I just wasn't uh, having any fun whatsoever doing it. I was just you know, like I was kind of turning against everyone and thinking that all my friends hated me. Yeah, and that just everything was awful. So I just stopped smoking it altogether and haven't really smoked for the last few months. And I've been, you know, the last few months have been pretty hard. Uh, as far as my life has gone, like it's been pretty rough. It's been a weird adjustment period. Been a lot of shit going on, uh, and so I figured, like now, now's not the time to do it. But recently, things have kind of starting to get a little better, a little bit better in life. Things are starting to smooth out a little bit. And Saturday night, I went out and partied with my friend Otterston. Otterston. He's from Iceland. Man, <laughs> I just, I am like so in love with pretty much any man I've ever met from Iceland. They're great. Like they're an amazing people. I don't know why, but Texans and Icelanders get along together swimmingly. Something about like the outback. <laughs> you know, I know it's not Australia. It's nothing to do with Australia. But you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I know like exactly rugged. what you mean. Yeah, very rugged people, very down to earth type yeah. people, like almost too down to earth. That's the thing. It's like, it, I think it'd be like they, like they're two kinds of people that like, push people away because they're like people can't understand it they're like what was he want to be my friend why is he being so nice to me i don't understand <laughs> not that all of them are like that no. in both respects but yeah but it's like but if you just give in yeah. then they're like the best people you'd ever meet from the icelanders that i've met it seems like they're either extremely down to earth and very good people or they're fucking aliens yeah i'm sure it's one of the two i feel like if the aliens though I've only met one person from Iceland. Weirdly enough, I feel like in Brooklyn and Williamsburg, I've come across a lot of people from Iceland. Yeah, well, they're hip people. Yeah, they really are, and because they, yeah. they come into my shop all the time, so I know like a lot of Icelandic customers. And the only person that um, I don't like is an American that like half lives in Iceland. Oh, those are the worst. And like so, and he's just a fucking piece of shit. And he's like, oh, well, in Iceland. I'm like, go back to fucking Iceland then, piece of shit. 
Everyone else is great there. Yeah. Except for you. You're just infiltrating in their goddamn country. Exactly. And it, and what a beautiful country I hear that it is. Yeah, I know. We should go. We should go. I've been, Ragnar's been, my, my other buddy Ragnar, he's been trying to get me to come to Iceland for years and years. Hey, Ragnar. Hi, Ragnar. Uh, but Adelston, he is in a noise noise industrial rock group. Or I wouldn't say rock. It's just noise industrial hip. music. It's hipper than we it's, are. It's it. I enjoy it. It's very hip. But yes, it's much hipper than we are. It is terrifying music. I see uh, all of that stuff. I, I've gone to like. I remember I dated some dude that like his band was a. He's like it's a wave of noise. So I was like, okay, I'll go see this. And then when I went there, I was just like, oh god, get me out of here. The way Adelston uh, describes his music, he's like, yes, it's fucking loud. Yeah, see, there you go. Just yeah. say it's just, just, it's just, just fucking say, loud. He's like, it's fucking loud. It's very easy. It's an acquired taste, uh, but it's fucking loud. The sexy accent. Yeah, and he's huge. Oh, you'd love him. He's like six foot five, big burly Icelander. Uh, but he is in a group, or not a group. It's his thing. He's called AMFJ. And if you uh, like that kind of stuff, I can check it out. It's amazing stuff. He uses babies crying as samples. It's fantastic. Uh, but he just had a daughter, in fact. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, Is it real baby cries? No, he uh, says it's not real baby cries. But sucks. he does play her uh, like white noise when the baby's being uh, bad. Like when the baby won't go to sleep or is colicky or something like that. Because apparently that's what babies hear in the womb. They just hear white noise. Ooh. So that's a good tip for parents out there. Interesting. Play white noise for your baby. Uh, learn that. Also, play white noise for you. Have you ever? I had that white noise it's app great. when I can't sleep. Especially, I am the kind of person that has to have a fan on when I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So not just for the, you know, just for the noise. So when I'm in weird places, I play the white noise app on my phone, and it just has the. That's all I need. Mount like a fucking light. Yeah, it's fantastic. So at about after we'd been drinking for about four hours. Uh, he came to visit uh, last weekend here in New York, and after we'd been drinking for about four hours, a buddy of his had a practice space over in Greenpoint. He's like, let's go fucking rock. Let's go to a fucking, you're a drummer, you're a drummer, I am a guy, he's a I guitarist. I am a guy, and we together, we make music. He's like, you got fucking pedals over there? We can fucking, I can fuck it up with he some pedals, man. He sounds like such an intense guy. He is so fucking intense. Like, one of the most like intense, scares me. Like, he's one of the most... I met him seven years ago, one of the first friends I made in the city. I only knew him for like a week. And this is like the third time I've hung out with him in seven years. But we're still like pretty good friends. And he... Uh, the first time I hung out with him, like we were just out drinking like motherfuckers. And every time he took a shot, he'd always say, now we are, now we are grown-ups. And then take the Ooh, shot. Ooh, I like that. I like that too. So we went over to, God, to the I practice space. I want to meet space. this man. I want to run away with this I, man. I mean, he's already gone. He was only here for like a few days. Why didn't you call me, man? I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't want to, you didn't think I was groovy to sit and do, uh, in a green point space in the middle of the night? And just listen to us like one guy, like, yeah, do the kraut rock beat. I was like, okay. Yeah, it's not really my thing. I did that beat for literally 15 minutes straight. Ugh, it makes uh, my chest hurt. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, and so at once we got to the uh, the space, he bought a little baggie of weed and and rolled a six to eight inch European spliff. And that's when I thought, like, you know what? It's time. It's time to return 
to the loving bosom of Lady Marijuana. Yeah, man. So I got super fucking stoned and played just this fucking awesome, like, wall of fucking noise music. That was definitely wall of noise, and it was fucking loud. Yeah. Uh, and then I woke up the next day, and despite having one of the... Because we played until 5 a.m., and despite having one of the worst headaches that I've had in <laughs> years from the hangover, like, for the next few days, like, I felt happy. That's like, awesome. I felt... I felt great. And in the past, I have used like marijuana as a bit of an aid for depression uh, and to, you know, kind of lift my spirits up a little bit, which I know a lot of people who do that. I mean, I do that. I definitely do that. I've talked about that on here before, like definitely in the aid of like times when I'm having especially a rough time. And it really does help. It doesn't help everyone, which is understandable. And also, I think it's important to mention the fact, because I did the same thing. I used to be like the kind of person that I was stoned from the second I got out of bed, from the second I went to sleep. Like everyone knew it. I was just that groovy guy. <laughs> and, you know, that's, you know, of course, when you're going through really rough times, I was always inebriated in some way. Yeah. But when I finally was doing it and I wasn't having a good time anymore, and that goes for anything. I mean, yeah. it's the same thing of what I've talked to you guys about, what I've been going through with cigarettes, when I realized it's like, when things aren't fun anymore, not that that stuff, not that all drugs are always fun, but it's like you even find a place that's like, that is your body telling you, if you quit, I'll help you do this. Yeah. Like, I'm ready to quit. I'm ready for you to do this. And then when you're ready to come back, like when it comes to like weed and stuff, I took a break because I couldn't fucking remember anything anymore. <laughs> and I was just like, I wasn't having fun and I would smoke and then I'd be like, Oh, I guess I'm high. And then I would just yeah. fall asleep and I was just, it got me more depressed. So when you take a break and then I came back to it, now I smoke and I'm just like, this is great. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> relieved and I'm cool and I don't need, and like you can judge it better. Yeah. You know, then you you don't have to go to like the ends of the earth stone every time you smoke weed. Um, not that, you know, again, we're not doctors. Weed isn't for everybody. Yeah, but. of course, weed is for everybody. And I wouldn't recommend you try. You, I wouldn't recommend if you, you say like, oh, I'm depressed. Let me try smoking some weed. Wouldn't really no. recommend that. No, no, I no. I mean, I wouldn't recommend. But, and I think weed, though, is one of those very few things, like one of the very few like drugs that you can do that you can just kind of put down for a little while. Oh, yeah. And then like come back to Because I, I smoked weed, I would say... This last time after, like, every day for probably four years. Yeah. I, I had, like, a month break in between, like, a couple years ago. But for the most part, every day for about four or five years. Maybe up to six or seven. I don't know. Smoked a lot of weed. Oh, yeah. Uh, but then I just kind of didn't. And then I just kind of stopped smoking. Uh, and I didn't really miss it, you know, for the most part. Uh, but now it's one of those things. Like, all right, well, I can get high, like, every few days. And that's good for me because I know now that like getting high every day is bad for me. It's not what I'm supposed to do. It's not the way my brain works. It's just going to make me depressed if I get high every day. But if I get a little toot and a little up me, uh, pick me up every few days, it's not going to fuck. Guess who? what it's hurting? Nothing. Nine. Guess who it's hurting? Nobody. Like, it's totally fine. I tell you, it made my relationship 20 times better when I started smoking <laughs> weed again. I'm just an uptight bitch a lot. Yeah? Uh, yeah. So it's just... It's nice, you know, my significant other does not 
we used to like when we first started dating. I mean, not only were we doing speed, but we were again stoned every second of the day. So he still doesn't really smoke. Yeah. Not much at all. And he, but he's fine with me getting blitzed if I want to get, like, it's never like an issue because he's like, because you're laughing and we have a great time. And, you know, it's like, it's just a stress reliever that's not booze. And, yeah. like, it, I feel like I'm, not that I'm more me when I'm smoking weed, but like, I'm a lot more me than I am when I'm fucking wasted drunk. Yeah. You know, because then you can just chill. Yeah. When you're wasted, you can't really chill. Yeah. I don't really know what we do when we're wasted. Yell? We yeah, yell. We yell. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had one of those nights the other night. Where, you know, we've been talking about, I feel like, Murder Fist a lot this week on all of the podcasts. Because with the 10th anniversary this week and, and the other night, you know, we are partners and we are friends. And, like, we are too, Marcus. And sometimes I feel like we get so wrapped up in work with each other that, like, it's like, oh, I don't even want to see you after work. Even though, like, we're all best friends. And the other night... We, we've had a lot of late nights, and we just rolled up a huge blunt, which we have not done in, like, years. Yeah. And we used to do that every, like, we would hang out until 5 o'clock in the morning, and we did that the other night, and we all just laughed and laughed and just had such a, like, a genuinely good time. And it was, like, one of those things where it's like, this is why we work together. Mm-hmm. This is why we're friends. And I feel like as you grow older... You don't, you do that so much less. Oh, so much less. Which is good. It's good, but you also, like, I've been kind of thinking about this lately. It's like, yeah, you know, like, I work, like, my closest friends are also the people I work with the most. So we don't just hang out much. Like, we don't just, like, not as much as we used to. Just, like, just get together and just get fucked up and just hang out and not do work stuff. But I think it also has to do with, you know, we're getting a lot more serious about our careers. Our work, yeah. And, yeah, we're getting more serious about our work and our work, the stakes are higher now. Uh, so, naturally, if we hang out, we're going to talk about work sometimes. But, man, it's like, I can't remember the last time, like, I just sat down uh, and watched, like, a horror movie with everyone. Yeah, and just and just... Relaxed. Yeah, just you know? just relaxed. Didn't do it for anything. Didn't do anything like that. You know, it's. I mean, I know it's. It, these are good problems to That's have. That's the thing, especially because like, it's like a lot of people just don't see their friends. Yeah, which is terrifying. Mm. It, it terrifies me to think of a time in my life, which I mean, it's going to happen at some point. Yeah, you know, when you have families, when you get to that, and like, it, it's just so scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it makes me just. Push it off. Yeah. I gotta push it off. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I don't want to do it. That's what um, we got into an argument. Did I talk about this? No, we didn't have an episode last week about the soda stream. When no. I really wanted a soda stream. <laughs> no. I uh, uh, Doug and I went over to our friend's house. They're getting married soon. We're just hanging out. And um, they had a soda stream. We all got into a conversation. I'm like, oh, my God, I want to, you know, makes anything to sparkling water. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I would love a soda stream. We all talked about soda streams for like 15 minutes in the kitchen. I was like, oh, we got to get one. And then two nights later, while I was like wasted, I went up to Doug randomly and I was like, I'm not ready for a soda stream. <laughs> soda stream means no more fun. It means we don't see anybody anymore. That's what happens when you get a soda stream. And he's like, are you talking about like, Getting engaged, it's like, it's all the same, man. <laughs> Soda's dream is no freedom. <laughs> I think if I did walk into your apartment and you guys had a Soda's dream, I think I'd look at it and just go, huh. Yeah, we would. That's interesting. We're gone. Yeah. You know, you just say goodbye to us. That's like not another... that getting married is going away forever, but. No, of course not. 
But still, I'd look at it as like, well, they've taken one more step towards never going outside. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. It's very I'm scary. only 25, man. I think it's because my birthday's next week, too. Yeah. I'm having a rough time this year. You had a rough time this year, too. Uh, yep. Yep. It's been a really rough year. Yeah. This has been a rough year for everyone. Yeah. Like, I, it really it really has. 2013 has been, like, I mean, if you guys have had a rough year, write into us, cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. Tell us about it. Tell us if you need any advice on how to get out of it. Because, I, I mean, honestly, talking about your problems on this show helped me solve my own problems. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like I'm kind of coming out the other end of 2013 that the second half is going to be better than the first half but the first half fucking blew yeah like you think it's astrological i mean mercury was in retrograde for a good point a good part of this first of this year could be astrological could be due to the number 13 it could be that the mayan apocalypse happened and we're in hell right now oh man what if we're all dead Ooh, that'd be nice then why am I so tired? Then why am I so stressed out? <laughs> <laughs> I know everyone out there is having a shitty time, too. Write it to us. Yeah. Right You're having us. a fucking shitty time. We're all shitty. Damn. Everyone I know is weird, too. I thought going on vacation was going to help. Fucking did it. <laughs> <laughs> fucking help. Yeah, I'm going, ba- I'm going back to Texas and... September, October, and it's I'm thinking, help. it's like, you know what, man, that's going to solve everything. No. I mean, it's going to help some because I haven't been home since uh, Christmas, and I haven't, like, fucking been out of New York since March. That is uh, true. But, and I think that will help a little bit, but it's not going to help everything. I mean, there's no one thing that you're going to do that's going to wipe clean all of your fucking stress and all the shit that you got going on. It's all still going to be there when you get home. Yes. But... I don't know, maybe the point of a vacation is to think about the shit. Come back with a clear head, maybe. Yeah. Uh, come back with a more clear head. Just to get out. Head. It's like a different perspective. You you know, you take a step back and you look at everything. It's just, it's for me, it's always hard. It's like, it's even why I don't even take a lunch break at work. Because I know the entire time on lunch break, I'm going to be thinking about going back to work. Mm-hmm. It's a Sunday problem. It always makes me think of Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. Because how was he, Calvin could never appreciate a Sunday because the entire time he was thinking about going to school the next day. And there was something I so identified. I mean, I identified a lot with Calvin and Hobbes. I we mean, I think did. everyone yeah. in our generation did. And if you didn't Anyone read who was Calvin worth and Hobbes, please go and read it. I've recently met a few people our age that never read a Calvin and Hobbes. And I don't, I'm like, it changed who I am yeah. as a person. It it's fundamentally informed who I am. Yeah. I mean, with it builds my character. Yeah. It's great for building character. Yeah. It's fantastic. I, I remember even saying that, like, because the whole thing, like, every time he's doing something he doesn't want to do, his father's like, well, you're building character. <laughs> and I would always say that to my mom. She would, like, ask me to do something. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm just building my character. <laughs> <laughs> and even if you're younger than us, like, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's I've gone back and read it. Uh, recently, Hold and up. It, it's universal. Like, I mean, I think it'll apply throughout the generations. Even if, even with all the technological advancements and all of that bullshit, like, it's still gonna be the same. It's still gonna be about a kid having fun using his ina- imagination and being sad and learning and about like, death and how parents don't have all the answers, all the answers. and that how they're me. scared to just fucking ah. Oh. Then there was this one Sunday issue. I remember I cut it out. I still have it in my house at home when it was just like the whole entire, 
like cartoon block was black and it was like a starry sky and it was just him and Hobbs like looking up and like they were really small on the bottom and he's mm. just like, do you ever realize that you're insignificant and that the world is so much bigger than you are? And I just remember like reading it as a kid and like going outside and like looking up at the sky and like thinking about it. And it's yeah. like, and I must've been like 10 when I read it and I, I just, and it like blew my mind, yeah. you know, like it just... And, like, even now, it gets me a little choked up. Yeah. You know? I mean, there are so many things in Calvin and Hobbes that got you choked up. There was, I mean, there was, I mean, you got to, remember, this is a daily comic strip, and they had a full week-long, week-long storyline about Calvin finding a hurt baby raccoon in the forest. Oh, my God. And then taking it home, and then it dies. Yeah. That was a comic strip. God. Like, that was in the newspapers. Every day. And it was like three strips without a punchline. And oh, yeah. Bill Larson just didn't care. Like, no. It was just like, that's just what it is. And the art is fucking phenomenal. The art is out of this fucking world. It's like there was one Sunday strip. It was like, oh, no, the world has gone Cubist. Yeah. And then it's a fucking Sunday strip where everything is Cubist. cubist. And all of the everything is out of proportion and completely fucked up. And he did that in like a day. Yep. Like, and fucking... And then Foxtrot comes along with their bullshit. Fucking Foxtrot pieces of <laughs> shit. Then you bring in all the serious ones, uh, like the Camelot one. Uh, and then, Prince fuck Valiant, em. my yeah, Mary Yeah, that's Worth. what it is. Mary Worth. Pieces of shit. And then there was, a, I never liked the political one. Oh, Mallard Fillmore or Doonesbury? Doonesbury. <laughs> that's the one. So there was such contempt. Doonesbury. Yeah, I hated it because I got it. I'm like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> I'd rather more like if you're gonna go deep, go like like emotionally philosophical rather than political. And my goddamn cartoons. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, Dewsbury was it was it's political. It's like this is what's happening today. And with Calvin and Hobbes, it's like this is your life. Yeah, this is humanist. Yeah, this is this <laughs> is humanity. Yeah. this is what it means to be a child and to be an adult. All at the same time. Think about we it. We are one. Think about we it. We never change. Think about and it. And yet we're changing constantly. Constantly. Calvin and Hobbes is just, man, uh, if, you, if you've never read it, it's like of the, the highest. You, and you can find it online. Oh, yeah, right? it's all like, online. I just look all it up. All of it is. Because I miss them. I'm making my mom keep them all at home because we have every single collection mm-hmm. um, that we just had in our bathroom entirety of our growing up. So that's why I know them all so well, too, because we just, you know, whenever we go to the bathroom, we'd read Calvin and Hobbes. So they're all still in, like, Henry and I's bathroom. They just <laughs> sit there. And um, so I want to keep them there. But I'm like, one day I'm going to come back for them. They're all, like... Covered in water and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all the covers are curled yeah, up. It's all, they're all gross. But like, you, but you can read them all online. Whenever I'm having a bad day, I look one up. Yeah, and you can find. I mean, in Bill Watterson, the the guy that that did it, he didn't give a shit. No, he didn't care about money. He's he's never merchandised anything. Never put his never merchandised any kind of Calvin and Hobbes merchandise. There, there's a documentary that's about to come out about Calvin and Hobbes, and he's just like, nah. I don't want to do it. Well, that's why even the whole thing with um, the the like uh, what is it like bumper sticker or whatever of yeah. Calvin pissing on whatever. Yeah. If you notice, it's not the exact drawing of him because that's not 
copyrighted by Bill. It's not his drawing no. of Calvin. Not at all. That's someone fucking bullshit artist like drew Calvin a little bit differently and made a bunch of money off of that. And that wasn't Bill Waterston. No, not at all. And fuck that guy. Yeah, man. Also, a great thing to read to get you excited about art and creativity is the 10th anniversary book of Calvin and Hobbes oh, yeah. where like they'll like show different cartoons and like he and like Bill Watterson like openly like writes about stuff and talks about like where these characters came from and how he felt about them and like this whole huge backstory of everything yeah and it's so cool I mean it's again it was a cartoon strip and yet he had this world for them that he had inside of his head you know mm-hmm He's just a fantastic human being. It's just, you can't, but just read it and you just can't. It'll make you, if you're ever feeling depressed, like it's a surefire, like not really a cure for depression, but it'll, it'll help you. It also weirdly, re- and, but sometimes it will kind of make you depressed. Yeah, like sometimes it, it will be like, oh, fuck. It makes you remember that you're not the only one that feels that way. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It's a, and that, you know, there's so many other people that look at it and to think, yeah, that's, that's the way it is. Fuck. <laughs> but then you go to the next one and you're like read a stupendous man one, and that's great. Oh yeah, yeah. Or anything whenever they make up their own games. Oh, Calvin Ball. Well, yeah, because we used to make up our own games just because Calvin made up his own games. You know, it's yeah. like things like that where it's like, especially if you have a kid. Oh, fuck. you have to let them read these. Yeah, just give it to them. Yeah, It'll teach it. And like, I man, my vocabulary just fucking exploded. It really after did. Reading Calvin and Hobbes. So many words that I didn't know what they meant, but I would sit there and I would stare. I would read the strip over and over and over again until I figured out the context. The context clues, the yeah. Yeah, the context clues until I figured out what that fucking word meant. Yeah. And I loved that. Yeah. Uh, now so, I just want to read Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> I know, man. I know. It's, uh, I think I might, hell, that's what I might do tonight. I've got, oh, like, yeah. I've got mm, four collections at my house that that's I've great. had since I was a kid. That's awesome. Like, there are a few, a few books that I have that have, like, followed me throughout life. And those are some of them, like, some of the collections that I have. Uh, but I think I might do that tonight. Do you have any other things from your childhood that your parents gave you? Ooh, that I still have? Yeah. I had a really epic conversation with my mom. I think the oldest thing that I still have is a St. Louis Blues jersey that my brother gave me when I was, like, 13. And it's in my apartment here it's in New York. And you right have now. it here. Yeah. Do your parents have anything from your childhood that you don't, you're not ready for yet? Like ready for them to give me? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. All of my stuff is all of our stuff from our childhood is stuffed into a railroad trailer out in the middle of a field. Whoa! Yeah, they just stu- after they moved out of the house we grew up in, they just stuffed everything into this big railroad container. And then just fucking dropped it in the field and like, well, that's where it is now. And if you want anything, it's in there. <laughs> go, you go on, you go on back and you go get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, last time I was home, I went through and like just kind of looked through, looked See at a couple had. of things. Just, you know, just kind of looked at it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that lamp. Cool. <laughs> Let's go find some bones. Yeah. Yeah. Now, my mom asked me while I was home. She's like, she's like, I've been meaning to ask you, do you want baby? And I like all of a sudden was like, and I like got thrown back into my childhood of like, like I had this like topsy turvy doll that my mom made me when I was a kid that I had until I was like 10 and I slept with every night. And I haven't thought about babies since then. And she's like, 
Uh, she's like, oh, I keep her in the hope chest. She's got this big hope chest. My mom goes in the room. I've never looked in this fucking huge oak hope chest. She opens it up, and it's filled with our childhood, like, our dearest childhood things. Jesus. And I, like, it was so intense. And I was like, oh, my God. And I, like, picked up, like, Henry had, like, Tiger that he grew up with. And I was like, Tiger? (laughs) And I'm, like, getting choked up now. And I was like, oh, my God, it's baby. I was like, I didn't know you had all this stuff. She's like, do you want it? And I was like, no. Keep it here. I I can't handle this. I can't handle this. You keep it in here, and I'll get it sometime. And then I've just been, like, thinking about it and thinking about it. And I'm like, because I'm just, I can't handle it yet. But, like, the fact that, like, it really was, she just, like, opened up our childhood. And they were just all laying there, like, lifeless. I felt like I was in fucking Winnie the Pooh or something. (laughs) And I just couldn't. Yeah. It's It's been hurting my chest. I keep dreaming about it. So weird. The only thing that I can remember from my childhood that had, like, that much significance to me was my, uh, my little monster. It was this big, it was fucking huge. It was like this big monster type of thing. It was like kind of shaped like a big cannonball. And it was fluffy and had these orange handcuffs on it. uh, (laughs) That that was like, I have broken free from the chains. And a big, long plastic nose just looked like a big old dick. And uh, (laughs) these big plastic teeth. uh, And it was, I think, like purple and blue or something like that. But God damn, I love that thing. And I also had a blanket that I had till I was six. It was baby blue with a big uh, unicorn on it. Does your mom still have those things? I think so. I think. And a lot of that, well, a lot of my childhood stuff was just like given other kids. Yeah. Like given away or my like niece and nephew have uh, appropriated it for their own purposes. And yeah. Like, yeah, fuck it. I don't. You don't care. I, I don't care. You know, the fucking. Whatever kids I may have probably won't want my musty old shit. No. So, that's the thing. So, like, what do you do with it? Yeah. That's something that's for some, That's something that your parents should hold on to until they die. And then when you go and clean out their shit, you throw it away. I don't think I could throw her away. You don't think she so? She just came back to me. <laughs> I think I'm going to put her in, like, a glass case or something. <laughs> I thought she was gone. I thought she... I didn't know. One day she was just gone. My mom, like, seamlessly, like, I guess I just wasn't sleeping with her anymore, so my mom took her, squirreled her away, and we just haven't talked about it since. But if I had found that chest after my parents had died, I don't think I would come back from that. I think yeah. my che- I think my heart would explode. Whew. I think I'd just be like, ah, ah, and I would, like, <laughs> die with, like, baby in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I, I know where, where all of our shit is, thankfully. Yeah. My parents moved into a much smaller house okay. than the one we grew up in. So they had to store away like a lot of our shit. And they kept like like they they keep some of our stuff in the house, but nothing really uh from our childhood. Very, very few things. Mostly like from my like they've got like our senior class rings in their house. Yeah. Shit like that. Uh but nothing extremely uh emotion inducing. It's mo it's pretty it's pretty standard stuff. They've forgotten about us. <laughs> <laughs> They've uh, they have long since moved on with their lives, and good on them. You know, God, I wish. Like, yeah, yeah, we've got, <laughs> I've got the opposite. Where then my mom was just like, "Don't leave me." Don't. As I was like leaving, I'm like, yeah. "Got to, mom. Got to." 
See, they've got grandkids, too. Yeah, I got to start. That's the thing. I just got to start spitting them out, throwing them yeah. at them, and then they'll be happy. Yeah, they've got three grandkids. They've got a fourth one on the way. Oh, yeah, they They're, really don't care about you. They could not give a shit. They call me like once every three weeks and be like, Hey, you doing good? Cool, we're getting some rain. <laughs> uh, All right, see Charlie, you later. Charlie's just so cute. It's yeah. like, why would you care about Mark? <laughs> it's it's fine though, you know. It's like it's you know, like they don't. They used to call me constantly when I first moved up here. They call me all the time. Uh, and anymore, they're like, no, he's got his shit together. No, he's just believing you. Yeah, he's it's just great. like, yeah, he's got his shit together, you know. And they're like, well, I hadn't talked to you in a while, so I'll call. Just calling to check in, and I do the same thing to them. It's like, yeah, I hadn't heard from you in a while, so just calling to make sure you're okay. And so that's pretty much all it is. Yeah, it's great. And so it's uh, it's pretty fucking awesome. Got a pretty pretty good back and forth going with the parents uh, at this moment. So I got nothing to complain about in that department. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. Well, you know, we're about half an hour in. Let's get to our letter for okay. today. <laughs> uh, the Calvin Hobbs, man. Once you get down the Calvin Hobbs road. <gasps> My God. You can't really fuck with that. No, yeah. no, no, no. Once no. you start going down that road, you're guaranteed to talk about your childhood. And one, I want to say one small thing about one small thing before we move on to this. It's a very small thing, but it's still something that bothers me. Uh, when people say like, you yeah, man, you ruined my childhood. Like when somebody shows like like when they show say I don't know Powerpuff Girl getting her head cut off or something really weird something bizarre having to do with the beloved childhood icon it makes me angry. What you mean like now like, now. like if you see it now and it's like oh man you just yeah, like oh right in the childhoods or it's like oh man you're ruining my childhood right now like when people say like the Ninja Turtle movie. Like, because it's not the new Ninja Turtle movie, because it's not going to be exactly like the old Ninja Turtle movie. They're like, oh, man, you're ruining my childhood. It's like, man. You're right. That makes me mad, too. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me really fucking angry. Also, it's like, you know, let's say you get, you know, never mind. <laughs> you were going to say molested. Yeah. I, was gonna, I mean... <laughs> And then I realize this isn't really the forum to go down that road. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. True, true, true. <laughs> All right. That was just a tiny gripe. Like, like I said, I just wanted to mention it. And, you know, if, you, if, you're, that, if you're identifying that much with, a, uh, uh, with something that small, with a cartoon from your childhood, then reevaluate. Also, it didn't ruin your childhood. No. Your dad, ruined, your yeah. dad ruined your exactly. childhood. Exactly. Yeah. You're probably if you have older siblings. Yeah, they yeah. ruined your childhood. Because I think that's what it is. That that, that they're saying like maybe that was the only happy part of their childhood was their like their Ninja Turtles VHS tape. It's like, oh, you're ruining my childhood. It's like, no, you need to address what actually ruined your childhood. It was probably Uncle Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, it's like then don't watch the fucking movie. Yeah. Then don't watch or that when you watch someone like watch a trailer and be like, look at this, look at this. Man, it ruins my child. It's like, just don't watch it then. Yeah. Aren't you an adult? Yeah, just Isn't it the whole thing it. we're grown-ups now? <laughs> Go watch your fucking VHS of the Ninja Turtles movie. You have it. I know. Yeah. I'm sure you do. <laughs> so go watch that. It's yeah. great. And then remember the good times. You gotta remember, like, you don't have to, like, put the past in a closet. You no. can revisit it every once in a while. I don't like to do it. But no. some people like to do that. Some people love it. <laughs> some people are really weird with it. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, if it, if they think people who really get angry about that stuff are just not happy about their lives at the moment. Exactly. Or not happy with, you know, the way their childhood shook out. And what you need to do about that is figure that shit out. 
If your childhood was shitty and you're not through that shit, go to therapy. Go to therapy. Go to therapy. And if it's fucking, that present in your mind, go yeah. to therapy. And if your reaction to, you know, the Ninja Turtles movie is that strong, then fuck, man. Go to man. therapy. Go to therapy. <laughs> like, that's, that is a therapy-worthy incident. That right or, like, there. get a hobby. Get you a know? hobby. Make your own fucking Ninja Turtles yeah, movie. That's great. But yeah, do that. Make some fan movies. Do something. Yeah, do make some short videos. Throw them up online. It'd be great. Yeah, it'd be fucking awesome. Go for that. Uh, but I just wanted. I wanted to. That's been something that's bothering me for. I a understand. Time. I, I understand. Want, I just. I just want. I spend a lot of time on the internet. I see a lot of people saying that type of well, thing. Well, it goes hand in hand with I, I find myself as I get older that I completely avoid contrarians as well. Mm-hmm. Like they people that are just like, oh, what? You like that? I've always hated that. <laughs> you know, like I, I'm just, as someone that I do identify with the hipster culture, of course I do. Look at me. I have no sleeves under my shirts. I fucking work in Williamsburg. But when it comes to that stuff, it's like I am in, like an angry person, but I would not say I am a negative person. Yeah. The, like, because I think that there is a difference, but negative people like that, when, especially when it comes to that, it's like, yeah, I used to watch that when I was a kid. <laughs> Don't fucking laugh for a second. Be a fucking, be a silly heart just for a moment. It's okay. For a bit. It's totally it's fine. fine. Piece of shit. All right. Just wanted to throw that in there too. <laughs> I think also a valid point worth making. Yeah. All right. Well, our letter, uh, we shall call her Allison. You like that? Yeah, I do. How do you feel about that? All it. right. Dear Marcus and Jackie. I'm currently in the middle of an episode from a few weeks ago, but I had to pause and write this email because Marcus just said something that hit me hard. Quote, mental illness is not your fault, but it is your responsibility. I think I should learn how to do needlepoint and put that on a wall hanging or a pillow because I need to remember that sentence every day. And also because needlepoint would be a good fit with my cardigan wearing cat loving lifestyle. <laughs> good for you. That sounds great. See, get yeah. a hobby. Get a- put it into a hobby. <laughs> Make a hobby of it. Everyone <laughs> needs a hobby. Everybody needs no a matter hobby. What. And thank you very much for the kind words. But she uh, continues. Mental illness is officially part of my life now. In the last two years, I've gone from no diagnosis to what feels like all of them. I've been told that I have depression, bipolar, anxiety, and ADHD. Welcome to the club. I've also been told that each of those diagnoses was wrong by disagreeing therapists and psychiatrists. Once again, welcome Welcome. to the club. Yeah, man. (laughs) All I know is that I'm depressed often and that easy things now seem impossible. I just finished my junior year of college with a semester GPA of 1.9, miles from the straight A's of grade school and freshman year. I've wasted my family's and my school's money by losing credits from failed courses. Worse, I've made people I love very worried about me. I keep myself up all night, so when I go to bed, I'm tired enough to fall asleep before the guilt sets in. Let's address this very quickly. And I can give you this from, uh, from personal experience is that I went through the exact same fucking thing in college. I graduated with a 2.1. I, I did not do well in college at all. And it was mostly through, um, it was mostly because of, you know, depression issues, um, bipolar issues, all that. I wasn't treated at all through college. A lot of anxiety issues. I wasn't treated until my last semester of college. And by the way, college took five years for me because of a lot of this shit. Um, but it's possible to get through this shit, to just fucking keep 
going. You get tutors. What I did, I got tutors. I got people to help me with it. I went and talked to professors and I told my professors what I was going through. That helps so much because professors are very understanding of what their students go through. And I think a lot of professors look out there and they see a student struggling in class. They can see mental health issues. And I think they just would say like, fuck, I wish that student would come to me. I wish that student would come to me. Because you can't force anyone to do anything. No, you can't force anyone to do any uh, anything at all. Uh, but of course, it also comes back to responsibility, where you have to tell the teacher, like, you can't go in after you've been fucking up all semester long and go and tell a teacher, like, hey, I've been having a really hard semester. Like, what can I do to you know make this better? Because uh, they're not going to help you. No. I had a teacher, like a professor flat out and out said, you know, you should have come to me earlier. She said, you know, you should have come to me a couple months ago. If you would have, maybe we could have done something, but it's too late now. Uh, so you have to take responsibility for this. Well, especially I feel like it goes hand in hand. You said that your family is worried about you. I don't know if your family is someone that like, and you said the guilt as well. Um, uh, if your family is obviously like asking you what's wrong you're doing all these things i feel like it puts you into a corner Mm -hmm. i have that with my family as well where they ask and care and care so you completely retreat and you know you have insomnia problems and let that guilt that you're letting everyone down that it makes you not ask for help because does eventually the guilt turns into shame which again i do know a lot about and but professors want you to do well and I think, yeah, and like, that's their and, job. and they think that like, especially like when I was in an area of depression, like mid, like drug binges in college that I was just like, why isn't he asking me? Like, he knows I have a problem. Why doesn't he ask me the way my family asked me? Why isn't he badgering me to get my work in? Why isn't he? Ba-? And it's like, because then you think, and then it goes into the, he doesn't care if I do well. Nobody yeah. cares if I do well because you're not being proactive. Yeah, when in reality, it's not his job no. to get you to turn in your work. That's because there's not, too many, there's too many. I mean, in in high school, like that could be, like that's a little bit more of a high school teacher's because job. Because you're, you're young. Yeah, you're young and you need a little bit, you need a lot more guidance. So in high school, yeah, maybe it is the teacher's job to reach out a little bit more to students. But in college, there's so many of you and there is so much on that guy or gal's plate that they can't reach out to every individual student. As far as they know, you're just another face. Yeah. But if you go to them and tell them, like, listen, I'm having these issues. Like, I want you to tell I what can I do? Like, I want help. I need help. Like, to get through this class. And you know, some of your professors are going to be fucking cocksuckers. They're going to be assholes. And they're not going to give you any help. But some of them, they will sit down. I had a German professor that like really sat down with me and helped me get through that semester. And still ended up getting a D minus in the course. Uh, but I put in the effort. Passed. And I passed. You know, I, I put in the complete, as much effort as I possibly could at the time. Uh, so... It's possible to get through those hard times in college, but you have to talk about it. You have to get help from your professors, from your local counselors. That's another great thing about college is that you can go to uh, the um, well, the ombudsman office or something like that. That's what they what had in called? Texas Tech. Ombudsman. What's that? That's what they told us to go to if we were having problems. Oh, it's Go weird. to the ombudsman. Never heard of that. 
I still don't really know what it means. That's yeah, weird. So yeah, but even so, you have counselors. That too, and also like turning to other students as well, because a lot of people are going through the shit. I mean, I feel like especially it's like in college, you're just thrown off the fucking deep end. And you're like, no matter if you're, whether you're going through, like if you're having mental illness issues, it makes it like you've got a lead weight and you're drowning and you can't swim. But uh, but everyone is struggling to stay afloat. Yeah. And like also remembering that, that like not all people are diagnosed with the same mental illnesses that we have, but all people are people. And in that situation, like, if you turn to someone that, like, hey, you're doing well. Right. I know, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, I, like, like a student that shows up 15 minutes early, a student that's always taking notes, they are usually down to help anyone that wants to help. Because, honestly, for a long time, I was that person. And if yeah. someone wanted help, that's why, you know, I held the crew that I had was because I was like, yeah, man. Yeah, I'll help you. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I'll do all the drugs you're doing too. But like, I'll also like, if we do this together, then we can get through this. And then you're making friends at the same fucking time. Exactly. There were some classes that I excelled at, like history. History classes, like, I was, I mean, I also took them during a particularly good time. But there was one guy who came up to me and uh, asked me to help him. And I was happy to. And not only that, but he gave me weed every time I helped him. That's what him I'm out. saying. Like, like that's like, like that's always, the barter he system. He always brought, and it wasn't like a ton. It was just like you know, like a good sized nug. I'm like fucking a man, and it meant double in Lubbock, where good weed was hard to find. But he always had dank shit, which was fucking awesome for me. That or like when you're like if like meeting someone that's really broke, it's like hey, if you'll help me, like if we can study together, like. I'll buy you a slice of pizza. Something like that. You know, that. like like something on campus. You know, like doing things like that, like making that kind of barter system because it's like college is meant to, like where you're at right now, unfortunately, is the low. Like you hit, yeah. you get kicked around, man. But then it teaches you to fucking crawl up that fucking mountain. You're like, no, mm-hmm. I am not getting pushed off this <laughs> mountain and then you just because exactly you're gonna have teachers that are cocksuckers and you say okay I'm sorry thank you for your time and then you move on from that you don't wallow in that you just go okay well then I'm gonna go to another teacher and there will be teachers that can help yeah or find a TA as well like they they could also like to help and speaking of like not falling off that rock like that the fucking the last the breakdown the big breakdown that I had in that last semester man there was no fucking way I was spending one more goddamn second in Lubbock than I had to. Yeah. Man, I had stocked up on Xanax and I got through that shit. Fucking with, uh, you know, psychotherapy and uh, some medications, some very strong medications Uh, because they thought I might be schizophrenic there for a bit. Uh, So they were taking some precautions. Turns out, no. But you know what it did? It built your character. (laughs) You know what it fucking did? That's what it fucking did. Well, really, I mean, this advice that we're given is more for other people going through this because this girl continues in her letter. She says, it's not my fault, but my responsibility. People keep telling me the first part, but maybe the second part is what will make it stick. It's a reminder that I can accept agency while also letting go. If I miss a deadline because of a panic attack or I let a friend see me cry because it's a bad day and I just need someone to be there, it doesn't make me the worst student or the neediest friend as long as I'm trying my best to get get better and to keep from hurting anyone meds therapy self-care they're all ways i'm trying working to take care of myself and show others the love and respect they've shown me 
Couldn't have said that better. That myself. like gives me shivers. Yeah, that's that's. You perfect. are like like. I'm glad that you wrote in. Just you know, of course, because like we've totally been there. But at the end of the day, man, you're fucking on the right path. Yeah, man. Good for fucking you, man. That really did that. Like that line <laughs> affected me because it, that's what it's about. Yeah. And unfortunately, like even though you're and you're struggling right now, and mental illness doesn't just go away. No. And like even listening to us, it's like we've got down times, and you know we've we've been dealing with it longer than you have, and but it doesn't make it any easier. Yeah. It's just in how you see it and how you deal with it. Exactly. Mental problems over time might go away, but mental illness is there to stay. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, I like that. Yeah, that was mental good. Mental problems go away, but mental Two illness is here, here to stay. stay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that does it for this episode. <laughs> Thank you so much uh, for listening. If you have any questions or comments for us, uh, give us a uh, an email, cavecomedyradio at gmail.com, and we'll do our best to answer. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. <laughs>